Welcome to the Elevate Life Church podcast of the week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit elevatelife.com. I'm going to ask you to stand one more time because your quads need some more work. Everyone in McKinney as well. Come on. I see you. I see you. Why don't you guys all stand? Would you grab the hand of the person right next to you? And uh, I'm going to ask you to even go across the aisle like one big family. You might be holding the hand of your future spouse right now. Like, Jesus, why didn't I sit over there today? (laughs) Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege and honor, first of all, to be in your presence. We could have been anywhere today. But by your grace, you've given us the grace and ability and desire to come to you. Thank you for the crafts. Thank you for what they have meant to Christianity globally. Thank you for your son, Keith, who has an insatiable desire to see the hearts of men revived. And thank you for Sheila, who is so passionate about loving women back to life. And today, Father, here at Elevate, and I know at the different campuses and online, Lord, we didn't come to hear the words of a man. We came to hear from you. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you will speak intuitively and powerfully. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone in agreement says? Come on, give God praise today. Come on, Frisco. I'm going to ask you, hold on, hold on. Stay standing. Stay standing. Stay standing. I want you to take out your Bible, your iPhone, your iPad, even that thing called an Android. We accept those here too. <laughs> and I want us all, um, you know, even in McKinney, is that the city we're in? McKinney. Everyone in McKinney, would you please stand as well? And we're going to start reading from the book of 1 Samuel chapter 16. The message that I'm preaching to you is called the God who breaks the rules. And I want to start in verse one. The Bible says, now the Lord said to Samuel, you have mourned long enough for Saul and I've rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man. God is always looking for a man. Find a man the Bible says, named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. But Samuel asked, how can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. Well then take a heifer with you, the Lord replied, and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. Every time God wants to reach a son or daughter, he does it through the father. And that's why dads are so important as the heads of the home, or if there isn't a father in the home, as the mother of the home, he'll always work through you to your children. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed when he arrived at Bethlehem and the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. What's wrong, they asked. Do you come in peace? Yes, Samuel replied. I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the 
sacrifice too. And when they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by the outward appearance, but the Lord, he looks at the heart. Then Jesse told his son Abinadab to step forward and to walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one. And then Samuel said to the next son, Shimea, this is not the one. And in the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. And then he asked Sam, and then Samuel asked Jesse, are these all the sons that you have? How many of you know that God knows if you have kids out there still? <laughs> And then Jesse said, well, there is still the youngest, but he's out in the fields. He's watching the sheep and the goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down until you, to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one. Anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil that he had brought and he anointed David with oil and the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. This is the word of the Lord today for our service. Come on, give God praise because he's about to do great things. Would you take your seat with me today? I really believe that when we read the Bible, we have to constantly give God permission to do new things in our life. Sometimes what happens is we get stuck in our revelation of God. You know, as your relationship with God matures, God begins to unveil to you parts of him that you didn't know. You know, we never reveal all of who we are to people who we meet. It's over the course of time that we learn new things about them. Did you know that that's how God is? And what I am fascinated about God in this story is that when God wanted to find a new king, he was willing to break social rules, cultural rules, and even religious rules to find David. See, when God said to Samuel, I want to find a new king, and Samuel's first response is, I can't do that. How can I do that? It was like Samuel was saying to God, how can I find another king while the present king is alive? He'll kill me. And what God said to him is, Samuel, I need to help you understand who's asking you to do this. It's me that is asking you to do this. Because you know what can happen without even knowing it? Is you can become so over familiar with God. And then when he asks you to do something, you actually have an argument with him. Because you've known him for so long and it could very well be that Samuel had been the prophet of God for so long that even he himself had developed some rules that God needed to break in him. Because sometimes we could become so used to God, used to church, used to the Bible, used to even being in a wonderful church like this, hearing worship like this, or you're, maybe you're at McKinney right now and you're there every week and through that screen, you hear and see how God is working and it's so easy to take for granted that you're part of not just a church, this is a move of God that is happening here at Elevate. Come on, somebody. And so, 
Today I want to talk to you about the five characteristics of people with whom God uses to break the rules. God wants to do something new in your life. And I want you to write these five things down because I really believe one of them has your name on it. One of these points is going to be for you. It's going to be for your marriage. It'll be for your children. Because I believe that today, God woke me up to tell you he wants to break some rules in you because he wants to do something new. And today, as you look at this story, I want you to find yourself in this story because God wants us to discover him as the God who breaks the rules. Number one, would you write this down? The first characteristic of people with whom God breaks the rules are people who give God permission to break their rules. Samuel said, how can that be? He actually said to God, I cannot conceive it in my mind that you want me to do this. How can it be? And it's so many times we're like that with God. Like God wants you to step out of your comfort zone. How can that be? God wants you to do something in your marriage. How can that be? Or God is leading you through a process that you never thought you would go through. And you say, how can that be? And God needed to break the rule in Samuel. The rule that says if there's going to be a king, that he has to look a certain way and be a certain way. And maybe Maybe there's rules inside of you today. Rules like, I will never forgive my parents. Hello. Or like, I will never forgive my father. Or I will never invite my dad. Or I can never forgive my boss. Or I'll never forgive my wife. Or I cannot forgive my husband. And so what happens is, on the inside of us, we develop these rules. And when I wrote this book, Paradox, The God Who Breaks the Rules, there's a chapter in there called, How God qualifies unqualified people. And sometimes God needs to break us of our rules to re-qualify us for the next season of our life. Because sometimes we're stuck in a season and God says, let me break the rule in you that says people like you don't get to buy a house. People like you don't get to start a company. People like you don't get to have a strong marriage. People like you don't get to raise strong kids. Well, I've come to tell you you the God who breaks the rules has come to Frisco and he wants to see some hearts turn and some lives changed number two I want you to write this down as well people whom God uses to break the rules are people who don't often qualify socially but they qualify spiritually See, when Samuel was there in front of God, he looked at, you know, the eldest and he said, surely the Lord is anointing is upon this one. You know, sometimes we could be in a family construct and, and you know, maybe the older sister, the older brother, it is obvious that they're the favored ones. You could even go to school with your, with your friends or, or with your siblings and even feel like it just seems like at school, everybody else wanted my sister or they all wanted my brother and it's very easy to feel like you're not the one but I've come to say this to someone you may not qualify socially you may not have the most followers on social media and your page may not look as clean as other people's pages and you may still be working on yourself and wondering you know when am I going to get my brand right my vibe right but I want you to know in the heart of God things are different God is 
God isn't looking for those who are accepted socially. He's looking for those who qualify spiritually. It's an inside job, church. And sometimes we, we marginalize who we are on the inside or we marginalize our spiritual life. So I want to speak to the person who's in prayer at night when others are sleeping. I want to preach to the person who's been believing while others have been doubting. I want to preach to the person who's been forgiving when others have not been forgiving. I want you to know that God sees you. God knows you. And God is ready to break the rules for you because you've qualified spiritually. The Bible says God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise in 1 Corinthians 1.27. God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the wise. This is the paradox of God. God is a paradoxical God. In other words, he always waits for the right time to move in your life when it doesn't make sense. See, sometimes we think that it should be like this. And God says, really? I'm going to wait till you're at your weakest point before I show you my greatest strength. And sometimes we think, God, I feel ashamed about my family or about my situation. And God says, that is the right time for me to show my glory through your shame to people who feel like you don't deserve it. Never underestimate the hand of God. Never underestimate your situation. Never think that God is not in the mix in your story. God is always at work. And God is ready to show you. He's going to break some rules to get you to where you need to be. Your family is next in line for a breakthrough. I love this about God. That's why when I wrote this book, I wrote it from a place in my life where God was revealing to me, Sergio, the God that you've known me to be is not the God that I am in your life right now. You know, because sometimes we, we develop a plan and a pattern with God. And God began to break my heart for people. And I, God began to break my heart for souls. And when my heart was being broken for souls, God started revealing to me who was on his heart. I want you to write this down. Number three, the third characteristics of people with whom God uses to break the rules are people who are chosen by God, not just called by man. You know, sometimes Men choose men, but God chooses who he wants to choose. And sometimes we choose based on who we think. The Bible says in Matthew twenty-two fourteen, many are called, few are chosen. In the same way all the sevens, all of seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord hasn't chosen any of these. Could it be that you're the one? Could it be the reason why you needed to be at the service right here in McKinney watching me preach to you through a screen is because the truth is you are the one. Could it be that the reason why your family has gone through so much drama is because your family is the one. Could it be that the reason why you personally had to have that breakup with that person that led you to a breakdown in your life that's leading you to a breakthrough in your heart so that you can have a breakout moment because God wants to show you. He'll break the rules for you, for your family, but you have to give him permission. Come on, church. Give him permission. Believe with me. 
that God is at work. I want you to write this down today. Number four, the fourth characteristic with whom God uses to break the rules three. He uses people who are soiled, yet God is ready to sanctify. People that are soiled. Now this is really going to blow your mind. You know, based on how long you've been a Christian, this is going to make sense to you. See, when you served God for a while, you begin to develop, well, a perspective. You begin to think like you know God's next move. And one of the things I've learned as a pastor and as a father is that be careful when you anticipate the next move of God. The best thing to do is have a posture of humility and submission to wherever God wants to take you. You're going to move with him. Because I've learned over the years, and some of you possibly have learned this as well. Sometimes you think God is looking to use someone, but he uses the person that you never thought he would use. He uses the soiled person. You know, when the Bible says that, that David was out with the sheep and the goats, what Jesse was literally saying is, hey Samuel, I can't bring in my son David. He didn't go through the rite of purification. He's still dirty. He's out there and he's soiled. And so Jesse was concerned because he knew the cultural rule. He also knew the religious rule that no one can sit with the prophet unless they went through the process of purification. What does that look like? That means that you have to, every one of those seven sons had to take a shower and all the women of the house say amen his boys be like I don't take a shower but like two times a week so they have to take a shower they have to change their clothes they have to all sit and confess their sins to the prophet seven showers seven changes of clothes seven confessions that takes a while and now what do you do when the people who seemingly have it together aren't the people that God is looking to use? I mean, what do you do when the people who you thought for sure God's going to use my sister, she doesn't dance, drink, or chew, or go out with those who do? I know God won't use me. I'm still clubbing. I'm still soiled. I still have issues. My marriage is in chaos. My kids have drama. My life doesn't make sense. And we begin to excuse ourselves when could it be that in this season in America, God isn't looking for the perfect, but he's looking for those who are are willing to be perfected. He's not looking for perfect marriages. He's looking for marriages that'll go through the process. How do you heal a generation if you're so perfect? How do you heal the hearts of broken people if you don't know the pain of people? See, the truth is, the truth is, unless you become well acquainted with the people that you're called to liberate, how could you write their prescription? How can you write my prescription if you don't know my pain? And sometimes God will just shatter your dream so that you can know what it feels like to have a dream busted. So when people walk in the church, your heart is connected to them. I've come to tell you, Texas, God wants to change you because he wants to use you. Elevate. God wants to use you like he's never used you before. That's why he had to send your amigo, your Latino amigo from San Diego and tell you he's the God who breaks the rules. Come on, Frisco. I said, come on, Frisco. Let's do this today. Let's do this today. 
Let's give him permission. You know, when I wrote this book, I wrote this book because the way God busted my heart is that he asked me to open up a campus and I didn't want to. We had five campuses and, and, and I was watching all my friends and they were opening up new campuses and really cool cities and, you know, it was awesome on Instagram and, and God asked me to open up a campus in Tijuana, in the prison of Tijuana. So we, we opened up a campus in Tijuana and it's great, it's growing, but then he asked me to open up a campus inside of a prison because one of our church members in Tijuana, she, you know, her son was, was indicted for a crime that he didn't commit, and he went to prison. I know everyone in prison is innocent, but this guy was really innocent, people. Okay, no, you need to hear this. When I tell you that God is the God of the paradox, he will let your life fall into a paradox just because he's thinking about other people. This woman was faithful in the church, she was that one woman that you would never think that this would happen to her. Her family was on point. I mean, everything about them just flowed. It's like doors are always opening for this family. This was just the family that she just thought, well, you know, God just loves this family. Then her son gets indicted. He's in prison for nine months. And over there in Mexico, those prisons, you're like guilty till proven innocent, people. There is no due process like I need to see a judge within two weeks. Oh, no. You'll see a judge when they want you to see a judge. And their prison cells are not like in America. You know, in America, you get three meals a day. They wash your clothes. You get dental, insurance. Over there, unless a family member brings you clothes, you have to hustle clothes in the prison. Unless you have toilet paper, you've got to hustle toilet paper in the prison. And in their cells that are about 12 by 18, there's about 15 inmates that live in those cells. They stack them up and they put them on the ground. And so this guy is in the prison and he's reading my book, The Heart Revolution, and his life changes. And the social worker that helps all these inmates notices that he's changed and she starts reading the book and her life changes her office is three doors from our church she ends up going to cornerstone and you know what yes god gets her why because god is after people's hearts and this woman whose son is in the prison has no idea that the paradox of her life is about to start a heart revolution in that prison and god says to her can you know now obviously the story 2020 is clear he goes to prison and guess what he ends up leaving prison completely innocent they put it on the newspaper and everyone is celebrating and she comes to me crying and weeping and says why did God do this I said you gotta wait and see God always has a plan and so when this woman gets saved she goes to the warden and the warden says hey what happened to you and she goes well I read this book by this guy Sergio and, and went to his church and I'm different he goes I know you are and he says to her what if, if Sergio can help you he can help all these guys bring them to me and you know how many of you know it's Jesus that changes people so I go to the prison. I've never been in prison, people. I've never been in jail. I've never even been in juvenile hall. Not to say I didn't do some antisocial things that probably should have placed me there. But hey, I've never been in the prison. And I'm walking into the Tijuana prison. Listen, people, this is where, like, the cartel is. It's dangerous. People disappear in this prison. I've never seen that movie by Mel Gibson called El Gringo. 
That is the prison that I'm in. It's crazy. It's nuts. I'm from San Diego. What am I doing here? But I go because this woman got so radically saved. The warden tells me, I want you to do with these men what you did with her. I said, well, you know, like, he goes, what would you like to do? I said, I'll open up a campus here. I thought, you know, I'll put up a video screen like everyone in McKinney. Come on, everyone in McKinney, just like you're there. I was hoping I'd just do this and dissolve, dissolve myself of the responsibility and say in the nombre del Padre, del Hijo, Espíritu Santo, be blessed. <laughs> and the warden says, oh, you want to open up a prison? A campus in the prison. You know, my Spanish isn't completely on point. I think he misunderstood me. He brought me to this plot of dirt right next to the main yard. And he says, I'll give you this piece of dirt to build your church. I'm like, no, I do not want to build a church. Because remember, in my mind, all my friends are starting campuses like in Newport Beach and really cool areas. And I'm feeling in that moment like God is penalizing me. Like, God, what did I do? Why can't I be like my friends on Instagram and have cool campuses? This sucks, God. Why, God? My Spanish isn't even that good. And, and I'm sitting there, and I'm, this is a real moment. Like, you know, right now it's cool. I have a book about it. And I'm talking about it. But you guys, I was there and I was like, I honestly felt like God was making fun of me. Like, God, oh, this is a joke. Like, I can't even raise tithes in this place. And I'm gonna, it's over $100,000 to build that. And who's gonna pay for this? Like, and then I'm sitting there and all, all I heard God say to me is, I'm asking you to do something that I know is breaking your rules. So that's when I came to learn the God who breaks the rules. So we built this campus. And not only did he break my rule, but the governor of Baja, I asked him, I said, do you want me to build this campus? Then write me a letter that states that this facility can only be used for the purposes of Cornerstone Church and whatever I desire for, and that you're not going to steal it or the warden's not going to hijack it and make fun of me. And so he said, I don't do this for anyone, but I'm going to do it for you. So God starts showing me that he breaks the rules for you when you let him break your first rule. And so now, every week, 80 men are being saved there. And I want you to watch this video. And I want you to see what the God who breaks the rules does. Come on, somebody. Take a look at this today.
Come on, give God praise today. Give him praise today. I tell you, he's the God who breaks the rules, people. I said he's the God who breaks the rules. And he'll find you. And he'll call you. And he'll choose you when others have overlooked you. Stand with me today, would you? And so, so like next week for Father's Day, Pastor Keith has been mentioning it. Our goal is to give a book to 500 men in the prison of Paradox. So whatever you, this is my only little sales pitch for the book. Like if you buy it, if you buy three or four, whatever you buy, we, the um, publisher will help me get a book into every hand of these 500 inmates. We're starting there. Because my goal is to get a Paradox book in the cell of every man. Let me tell you why. I am the only person outside of an actual uh, jail, a prison official who's been given permission to walk the cells. They don't give anyone the permission to it. It's partly because of the inhumane condition. I asked if they would let me do it. And, and I walked through the cells. And that's why I tell you there's 15 guys in these cells. It's inhumane. And so I'm walking through these cells and I'm talking to these guys and I'm listening to them. There's older guys with younger guys and in every cell, you could tell who's who. You could tell who's the boss and who's not the boss. And it's heartbreaking because you're watching men like in a chicken coop. And I was, I had to leave because the service was gonna start. And as I was leaving, this one guy in Spanish says, Oye, pastor, no te olvidas de mí. And that what that means is, Pastor, don't forget about me. Because I had this really intense conversation with this guy. And I turn around, and I have to turn back around because I start crying. Because I know I'm going to go live in a nice house in San Diego after this. I know I'm going to drive a really nice car, have a really nice life. But these guys right here who are desperate will never, they, they, they only leave their cell for two hours every week. See, it's not like prisons in America. And this guy goes, Pastor, don't forget about me. And I turn around and I have to turn back around as I start crying because I realize, God, like, you're breaking me here. Don't do this to me. And God started telling me, Sergio, you're not the first guy I wanted to come and do this. And, and I'll tell you why I said yes. Because when I got saved, like, thank you for, like, appreciating my sermon. But the guy who's preaching to you today, with the day that I got saved, I was a cocaine addict at 17 years old. I was the number one disc jockey in my city. I was about to sign a seven-year record contract. Before those 17-year-olds, when I was 15, I was stabbed in my back, gang fighting. When I was 12 years old, I was the number one skateboarder in my city, but I had to give up skateboarding to join the gang. And that's when I started smoking PCP, doing drugs. No one would have thought that Sergio De La Mora would have led one of the fastest growing churches in America. No one would have thought that I would ever be a preacher. And when I was in that prison, God told me, you think these guys are in prison and that you're embarrassed for them. And I was. And God told me, where you live, those people in those nice homes, they're in the same prison, Sergio. It's just that they're in a different prison. And Sergio, if you can't set them free, how could you set your community free? You've got to grow your heart for broken people. Because I forgot. 
I forgot where God found me. I forgot that the first day I went to a Christian church because I was a good Catholic and I got a flyer. I went to a Christian church. I snorted a half a gram of cocaine before I went to church. I'm not proud of that. But that's why I believe in the God who breaks the rules. Because you would have never thought when I got saved that I would be here in Texas preaching. And the truth is, many of you today, you've come to church and you actually think that you're not qualified to be used by God when you are the one that he needs more than ever. <laughs> Some of you today, you've come and you've never given your life fully to Christ. And I've come to tell you, you're the one he wants. When I wrote this book, five publishers rejected it. I had the number one salesperson go and help me. The one that does Jake's, Joyce, Joel, Furtick, Judah's book. She was helping me get it published and five publishers turned it down. You know what they told me? We cannot support a book that teaches that God breaks rules. And I never forget this conversation I had with this publisher. I got to the point where I went gangster on them. I mean, I'm sorry, but I did. And you know what I said? I said, of course you wouldn't. I said, you're in Missouri and you live in suburbia. How could you understand the context of why I wrote this book? And I told this person, if you lived in my hood and you understood the stories of prostitutes that have gotten saved in my church, that men who have, who, who have hurt their families that are loving their kids now, then you would not understand because you live in a different context. But the God that I serve, he's proven to me that he breaks rules. And if you're not going to do it, someone's going to do it because that's who he is. He's the God who breaks the rules. Man, gosh, Jesus. Okay, let's pray right now. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Make sure to get your copy of Pastor Keith Craft's book, Your Divine Fingerprint, and visit elevatelife.com for other exciting new content from Elevate Life Church.